podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everyone to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod and today's show is about one of the greatest ever to lace up a pair of boots. We are going to speak today about the recently retired Cut Angle. But before we get to that and meet a panel of people I often tell you suck to their face, <laughs> let's get the boring part out of the way, shall we? <laughs> Anchor, iTunes, Spotify and all good Android sites, that's where you can find our massive back catalogue of shows and interviews with WWE, ICW, TNA, World of Sport and Independent Talent. At Suplex Retweet is our Twitter, Instagram and Facebook handles if you fancy a chat or have your say on our shows or polls or debates. Get involved, let us know what you think. So, let's meet the panel. First up, an Olympic gold level medalist micro-host with the same hairstyle as a 2001 cut angle. Here's our analyst, David Hockney. You know what, I think that, that could have been a lot, a lot worse, so, but uh, it's good to be here, Ross. So from 2001 to 2002, next up's a man with a worse hairstyle than that wig cut angle wore in 2002. Please welcome Scott McLeod. No, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I tried putting gel in the day. I've made an effort. Next up is a man who deserves an almighty angle slam for ever giving that Glasgow Uni accent come to life, David Campbell, a platform to talk total bollocks on. Please welcome a man who actually beat the so-called goat of sweeps. Andy Mitchell. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, but it'd be a lot better if he wasn't on Twitter. Well, uh, David Campbell, he's changed, my pa- he's changed the uh, online stuff, so I can't even get access to it. <laughs> wow, how and, grateful was he? He's a very, very humble man, isn't he? <laughs> and finally, for those hoping for Milkomania 2, you can forget it with this man about. He is the lacto-free EP, the man who says no thank you please to cheese, and he won't take a flutter on the butter. <laughs> It's Kwaku Aji. Yeah, I mean, thank you for that. You've redeemed yourself by saying that I once in a lifetime refused cake and I picked holes at you for that argument, not for saying, implying that I like to eat, but purely for saying that I like cake when I'm allergic to it. So well done to you, Ross McLeod, for redeeming yourself. Wasn't this a wonderful note to start the show off on, isn't it? <laughs> so we're going to talk cut angle of the day. Uh, we're just going to have a wee run through his career. We won't be able to do it justice in 90 minutes because I think we can all agree he's possibly one of the greatest of all time, yeah. if not the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll just take a wee five minutes to talk about his, his post-gold gold medal career. I don't know if you lads are aware of this, but Kurt Angle won a gold medal. It's something... That did he have a broken neck? A broken he did, yeah, a broken freaking neck. Oh, right, neck. Yeah. It's not something WWE or Kurt Angle like to publicise, but yes, he won a gold medal. It's true, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, that uh, is a damn true. Uh, he, was offered, yeah. he was actually offered the WWE contract in 1996, straight after the Olympics, and... Jenny, you know the reason why it yeah, got turned down? Yeah, because he didn't want to... Because he said if he was on WWE, uh, he would have to win all of his matches. Yes. He, yeah, said, he refused to lose, yeah. Yeah, he said he was an actual wrestler and couldn't be... Do you know he trained at the Foxcatcher uh, thing? You know the, the film Foxcatcher? Mm-hmm. The guy got yeah. shot. He was, he was getting trained by David... Uh, Schlouts, the guy who got murdered by John the Point. Yeah, I, I remember seeing something about that because he was like... And the press, wrestling press that is, which isn't real press, yeah, it's like the sun. They didn't, didn't even portray him in the film, even though he was a pivotal character. I think it's one of those ones, it's like, if it's a pivotal character who went on, it'd be something good, you yeah. can't really mention that person. Yeah. So, he then had the contract offer removed, because Vince McMahon doesn't play by those rules. Mm-hmm. 
and he went to ECW and he threatened to sue them if they released footage of his face. Does anybody know why he threatened to sue? Was it because of like a stunt that uh, Raven or Sandman did? Raven crucified the Sandman yeah. in front of a heavily... It's a quite a proud Catholic section of Philadelphia they were in at the time. Uh, sorry, Pittsburgh, I should say. Uh, Kurt Angle being the hometown boy and being a, a member of the Catholic Church did not find that funny. <laughs> and when do not show me again. I will not be back. Yeah, because uh, Paul Heyman came out and said, and he said, I didn't know what was going to happen. He's like, if you don't even know what's happening, you're a wrestler, mm-hmm. then I don't want to be a part of something like that. Ravens since spoke out and said that if it wasn't for Kurt Angle being there and causing such a fuss, they would have just left it and like, we've pissed off the fans. That's that's what we were meant to do. Yeah. But he came out and he apologised. But you see the, the clip of him apologising. He's just like, I'm sorry. It's like, a Wayne being told by his mum apologise for stealing that Wayne's ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was the most half-hearted apology here because he's like no I thought it was really good cause yeah. probably Sandman was a carpenter and he made the cross himself <laughs> fuck's sake <laughs> Jesus Christ wow <laughs> uh, so after I, I'm not really sure what he did between times I'm sure he he wasn't exactly out of work he was a sports in fact he was a sports analyst uh, from those that have seen his sports analyst career they've said as good as he is at wrestling, he's as bad as he is at sports analysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to check this out. Uh, there's a couple of clips on YouTube, it's not the not the prettiest. So he was at home watching WWE one night and saw the Attitude Era. You have to question his morals if he thought the Attitude Era was fine, but you know, one stunt at an ECW show was fine. <laughs> like it must have been a pretty tame episode of WWE if he watched. Like, yeah, if he wasn't watching the episode with the try to sacrifice Steve Austin. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Imagine he was watching the crucifixion one. Was like, this isn't better test. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a better, <laughs> a better made cross. It's just better workmanship. <laughs> I remember he was actually talking. I think it was a, a documentary that was aired before WrestleMania 19, and he was saying like. It wasn't something he was into at first because you know he was—it's all scripted and stuff—and what he did was was real and uh, sort of college level, like proper, proper like real wrestling. Um, but I think he sort of appreciated the fact that the guys who were in WWE at the time—they they weren't just like solid athletes. You know, they were great performers, and I think that's maybe that was what sort of changed his mind on it. Yeah, he took a big shine to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just, oh, sorry, Neil. No, 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 that was it. <laughs> he, uh, he phoned up Vince McMahon. Uh, he was put through to JR, who was head of talent relations, and asked if the offer was still there, and was told no, but you can try it like everyone else. And Triple H has said he's the most naturally gifted athlete he's ever seen. He's he's the only person to take to wrestling so quickly. He said, so I, I think that shows that. You, do you think maybe coming in at the Attitude Era was better for him? Because he had much like right to censor were the heels. He was sort of this goody two-shoes American hero. He was very unsincere. But whereas 1996, it was kind of a transitional period. It was yeah, Doink yeah. the Clown and, you know, Duke the Dumpster Josie. When the time in 96 when they went and seen him, they were also seeing in real athletes like Mark Henry, who just done the weightlifting, and Ken Shamrock. Came last in the weightlifting. Come from the AFC, like, so... Like when they first debuted, Mark Henry came in that All American jumpsuit. I think that would have been the same thing they would have done for Kurt back in '96. I feel like with Angle, he he could have fit in any era because if they came in uh, just before Attitude Era, he would have been a hot baby face, and you know, and we see how good he is at wrestling, anyways. Well, we see. No, and uh, but essentially it just benefited with him being that heel, like the dorky, like I'm better than everyone else, and it just really fit his character. Yeah, it, it fit his character well, and I think in an age where 
you know, a lot of the characters were quite edgy. Uh, I think he sort of, his sort of goofiness added a bit of fresh air, you know, added a bit of contrast to the actor there. You know, it's somebody who, hey, this is somebody we could probably poke fun of a bit. He was the perfect foil to, like, The Rock's comedy jock or Stone Cold beer-drinking working man. He was not an elite athlete, he was just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talk about, Scott said Mark Henry had his, you know, his All-American gear on. The Patriot had his theme song. <laughs> so it's just as well he debuted when he did. And he debuted against the great Sean Stasiak, who I still hate. Uh, <laughs> it's about, did he, uh, on he, blo- he unfollowed me on Twitter and then he must have heard, he, he must listen to this show because then I went back in and oh, he had unfollowed me. <laughs> he hadn't unfo- uh, refollowed me, but he just blocked me and I hadn't let any interaction with him. But it's, he not, did, it's not going to be the narrative he knows you're hosting. I know. Get him a shout out for the show. <laughs> no, screw him. Uh, so he debuts. Uh, and the match really doesn't go his way, you know, like we said, it's the Attitude Era. He's dominating Stasiak because this is a showcase for him and the crowd do not like him. This is Rocky Maivia levels of hate, you know, the sm- he never learns Vince with a smiling baby face, does he? Mm-hmm. Actually, I heard from Angle that Vince told him, yeah, you're going to be out there. He gave him what he's promised to do, which essentially were heel promos, but he was made as if he believed he was a good guy. And Angle was as said to him, like, like, they're not going to boo me, I'm an American. You know, all of you go American Brisbane, trust me, they will boo you. <laughs> I, I think it's the fact he came across as, like, condescending as well. And it's because the night after, the, which was uh, Survivor Series 99, I think the next night was actually in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And the fans were just <laughs> booing him like crazy. Because he was getting billed as a true athlete. Aye, so he's everybody else you like is shit. He is good. Because <laughs> like, he was, like, telling the fans, you should look up to me. Look, I look how great I am. I'm your hero. You should be worshipping me. I think that's what... Because at the start of it, it's kind of like uh, JR's kind of in his corner and Jerry's, like, kind of taking the piss out of him. But then he hits the promo on the mic saying, you should not boo me. And it's going to... That's a bit disrespectful for the fans. Kind of thing. And then that was just... Uh, that's when they switched. Yeah. I always loved that. I loved how... JR and King switched to leading so, so quickly, but yeah. then there was like one or two that they always loved, no matter who. <laughs> it almost reminds me of like how the New Day started off. You know, they were meant to be sort of cheery, smiley baby faces, and yeah. the crowd was just having none of it. And then that's what inspired a New yeah. Day heel turn. Yeah, Quacko sometimes talks about it way, the way crime time was how Vince thought you <laughs> <laughs> acted when the street profits are a true representation. I think New Day originally were meant to be this gospel choir because Vince, <laughs> Vince had watched this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, happy day! <laughs> Vince had watched Sister Act on demand the night before and decided but then obviously New Day worked when they had their true personality well you could argue he's just a massive stereotype now yeah uh, so he goes in a wee bit of a running uh, a winning streak he loses to Taz at the Royal Rumble 2000 that, that is an amazing match yeah. and he then he then turns it around on two uh, consecutive episodes of Raw he defeats Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental title and Val Venus, my God, we got a Val Venus reference on the show. I love wow. Val Venus. Val Venus is great. I and remember Val Venus. Yeah, they were in the same class when Kurt was training. They two and Edge and Christian were all in the same class. Mm. Mm. Val Venus clearly got the best of that. Even the regular on Sunday night heat. Uh, he won the European title for him. Became the Euro Continental champion. I, I thought he won the Intercontinental at No Way Out. That's yeah, right, he, was the European was on Raw and then Intercontinental on. Uh, no way out yet. Was it? I thought yeah. it was the other way about. Oh, my mistake. Uh, but anyway, he's won the Eurocontinental title. Uh, something I want to talk about here, he's WrestleMania 16 match against Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. 
It's a great match, but it's sort of a thrown together match. Mm. This is something you see in the early years of Kurt Angle's career, WrestleMania 16, 17 and 18, which we'll get to in a wee bit. He's in sort of thrown together matches. He's so good throughout the year, but then he never has anything at WrestleMania. So he stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. King of the Ring 2000. This is when Kurt Angle arrived, I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. We're forgetting his best show stealing match with the show star at Big Backlash. <laughs> like, oh, big, show dressed as, big Show dressed as uh, Hulk Hogan, even hitting the light drop and everything. Yeah, because uh, Angle went to, like, uh, I think he went to College Dawn and he was like, basically telling him to stop masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> big Show sort of shows up and he's like, I love to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> so, condoms to people apparently. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The attitude there, classy <laughs> as always. So, something I always like doing when we talk about King of the Ring winners is looking who they beat to get to the final. So, Kurt Angle beats Chris Jericho, which is a good start. Mm-hmm. Then he beats Crash Holly. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Parkour icon. And then he beats Rikishi. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a. If you, you could not have three more different superstars if you tried to mm. beat in their way. Rikishi was hot that year as well after mm-hmm. like his uh, star uh, Royal Rumble performance. So yeah. I, I think they always look back badly, badly on Rikishi because of the whole he ran over Steve Austin. But during that year before yeah. he was he was like really hot. So it's kind of a good, good match. I mean, he was lucky to win that tournament. All I mean, you say, you're doing it for Chris Holly being a easy point. Like, Chris Holly all became the mighty Bill Buchanan. Things could be different. This could have been the year of Bill in 2000. <laughs> Thanks, Scott's talking about year of Bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rikishi, he's a dance icon, but you wouldn't trust him to Valley Park your car for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Knocking Chris Jericho at the first round as well, I mean, that's like, adds the shock factor as well. Like, two people who would argue, you know, could win the tournament, you know, they're put against each other in the first round, and you think, oh, you're going to lose a favourite early. I think that was a good way to book him as well. You had had Stephanie get involved, and I think Jericho had said we'd had a thing for about a year, so it kept Kurt going strong going to the finals, and it gave Jericho his story going on because he would fight Triple H at the next pay per view. Yeah, Stephanie gets involved, and she actually becomes a big part of Kurt Angle's career. Like from even up until WrestleMania 34, mm-hmm. uh, but that sort of kickstarted at that King of the Ring tournament. And that's it was a weird tournament in whole because Chris because uh, Rikishi was built as the overcoming babyface. He was attacked and injured by Ben Warren round one. He was attacked after the bell by Val Venus. He looked like he was going to win, and then it was just sort of like, oh, Kurt Angle won. Like I think we all knew Kurt Angle was winning, but then yeah. the storyline in the event was like. Oh, that's got to be Rikishi's night. I think, as you said, 2000 was Rikishi's year. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we go from King of the Ring 2000 to the love triangle with Stephanie McMahon. A bit of a weird... He, he doesn't come off well here. He kisses another man's wife. Well, he's essentially, they're just friends, and it's kind of like what he's actually like sneaking around and on after, which is... Uh, Sliding it in his DMs. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Uh, no. I believe there was maybe a point where Stephanie and Kefi would leave Triple H for uh, for Kurt, but uh, as well time Stephanie got more control and creative, and Triple H basically whipped on here and went like, "Would you really people really buy you would leave a guy like me for a nerd like Kurt Angle?" That's basically what the story is. Yeah, they, Someone's been wielding their sledgehammer a bit. The storyline. <laughs> Which one? Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> um, so this led into the triple threat match with. We talk about Miz being an afterthought with The Rock and John Cena. The Rock was an afterthought to Stephanie McMahon, yeah, Triple H and Kurt Angle. The match goes ten minutes before The Rock enters the ring. And Angle lands on his head when the announce table yeah, gave way. The, the improviser, didn't they, with him? Yeah, 
that was a nasty bump. You still remember it, and it? Don't try this at home. But who has a table like that at home? So. <laughs> 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 well, there is your coffee table. <laughs> Uh, so as Scott said Stephanie McMahon starts getting more control mm-hmm. we talked about stop start it felt very abrupt when Triple H beat my Unforgiven yeah and then he basically like Undertaker just hammers him and I think it was fully loaded which made him look like a jobber yeah he hammered him fully loaded but then yeah. uh, the next month he beats The Rock The Rock in his <laughs> longest run of WWE <laughs> champion a so, heartbreaking moment for you oh I hated that oh I hated Kurt Angle growing We're up here for you Russ let it out let it out do not touch me I'm not here for him <laughs> <laughs> both of us are here for you I, none of us are here for him <laughs> I hated Kurt Angle growing up this was this was a, a I did horrible well, like, like, it was just because he's just such an idiot heel dumb mm-hmm. heel he was just like oh for God's sake I just like it just it really annoyed me as I remember watching him and I was saying it was just like what Kurt Angle one that is, this is just this is so bad kind of yeah. I hated him and you know the thing is see when my, I say my dad watched wrestling it was one TV growing up so he, my dad gets, my dad suffered through it uh, and it was like Kurt Angle would say things like you've hurt my feelings and all that and you just hear my dad go shut up you wimp <laughs> Davey shouting at the telly again no, I always liked the promo before that it said the pre-recording where he's interviewing The Rock yes <laughs> all the different editing edits <laughs> I'm uh, just going to quite say I like the story because Triple H kind of tried to he was in the booking wasn't he and he was trying to they were saying oh we're going to put the title on Kurt Angle and he was like oh no he's not a legit champion and Gerald Briscoe who was like into like, amateur wrestling was like well if you and Kurt Angle was in a real fight who would actually win and <laughs> Triple H just shut up and that was kind of the decision to make him the champion brilliant so he becomes WWE champion he beats The Rock <laughs> you, 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 a little bit of you just died inside, didn't it? Oh, I did. <laughs> still hurts all these years later. Sure Don't be afraid to cry. 19 years later, still hurts. <laughs> and this section of the, sh- the show is actually called Ups and Downs because his WWF title run was sort of a weak champion. He was destroyed again by The Undertaker at Survivor Series. He won a couple of the UK pay-per-views by uh, help from Edge and Christian and the mm-hmm. Radicals. Something as well, I think, that shows how little faith they had him as the top guy at this time. When you go back and watch the Armageddon Hell in a Cell, Stone Cold enters last because he's the draw. The Rock's the second guy. He enters second last. Kurt Angle enters third. It's Rikishi and Triple H that enter first two. Then Kurt Angle, the WWE Champion, enters like he either enters first or last mm-hmm. like surely he has to enter first to watch them all come in yeah. and like they all just swarm them third is just such a is it true to say that they didn't have much faith in them at this point probably not I think it was kind of based because I think they already knew that the big main event of Mania X7 was going to be Rock Austin because they were the, still the two big stars at that point and Angle was kind of a placeholder and something it's even more shows how little faith in them the storyline for his match at the Rumble with Triple H it's more about in the video package about Stephanie and Trish Stratus not like each other than these two. Mm-hmm. And really like really said, you're only the champion because I've allowed you to be like, you were in that hell in a cell but why is you allowing that match as well? Mm-hmm. You could have easily pinned anybody in that match. And could have easily pinned The Rock like and he did because The Rock had just been stunned. It's kind of like in 2011, 2012, you know, the main feud going ahead was going to be John Cena versus The Rock. Well, Miz is just standing there like a third wheel and he's the WWE champion. It just... Uh, yeah. Again, it just makes him feel like a, a placeholder. Yeah, it was just it was, it was so out of place in that match. We've got everybody else. Well, so was Rikishi as well. 
but uh, sort of turned around there when Ricochet's in too fast. I know. <laughs> but uh, no, he just well, it was just a, such an afterthought, and you were thinking he's not getting out of here alive, he's not coming out as champion, and he did. Yeah, and it was sort of a flat ending as well. Because yeah. that was like the final boss of like wrestling, the six man hell myself. It's funny you mentioned Ricochet, we talked about obviously, you look at like, you know, the fat dancing man gimmick. At that time, you like, he, it'd be great to see him as WWE champion, and as soon as he became a serious hero, it's just like, no one wants to see you in a match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Kane in there rather than Rikishi. One way off. See, I think Kane and Jericho were used to pad out that card because you see, when they put the six big guys, it's like, oh god, uh, 2000, end of 2000 is not a good time for us. We have a lot of injuries. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee had a few issues to deal with. I mean, it wasn't just a bit coffee. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's good made references in the Oh, I almost forgot that if you'd started over a spilt cu- cup of coffee. Uh, can I ask you, do you think it's maybe due to Vince McMahon's dislike of actual amateur wrestling that maybe he was booked in this manner? No, I don't think so. I think it's just he wasn't I think a proven guy yet because he would have a few more runs with the belt, I think, because he wasn't proven as a top guy yet. Like, a lot of people's first runs aren't the best. But then he get a better run later on. I think, you know, the, the goofiness, I think he just needed something to, like, maybe counteract his sort of crazy violent side to the Attitude Era. You know, everybody just goes goes ham on each other. But then you've got a guy who's very sort of, he's got morals about him, he's a hard worker, he's a people's representative. And I think putting him in that goofy role kind of maybe puts him out of place a bit. Maybe just see how he reacts. But it just creates a bit of a, a weird dynamic. But maybe he just likes... You know, testing this sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, so, Justice was restored at No Way Out 2001. The Rock got the title back. Uh, it's <laughs> weird. Let it go. Let it go. It's weird to think about, but a week before WrestleMania, the former WWF champion did not have a match on WrestleMania. Like, can you imagine, like, one of the champions going into WrestleMania this year, Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar losing the title a month before? and then not being featured in a high-profile match at WrestleMania. It's just, it's not the done thing these days, but here we had a week before WrestleMania, Ben Wall, Kurt Angle was kind of thrown together. This led to a few... Ben Wall was Survivor Series and Jinder Mahal. Don't. Yeah, I mean... Don't, I wouldn't put Jinder up there with Kurt, to be honest with you. That was justified. I mean, Kurt, no, even, knows, Kurt doesn't even know Jinder's name. He announced him as Jinder Mayhal. I think the thing with Survivor Series as well, though, like, if you don't have a brand v brand match, like... Mm-hmm. I know. I was... I, was, I need a... Con- I was just trying to pop him. Yeah, and it worked. need a convincing champion for both brands as well, and, you know, the original plan... Just see, see what I mean. It's like you've hit a button, and it's like... Well, it's the big red button on Dave. There is no stopping this. The, sh- the show's never rant about gender in my house. Where's my pyro? <laughs> so this becomes a sort of one-up feud. Uh, it's a. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Ross is laughing because I just threw a fishing rod to David, and with what's a wheeling, uh, he came right in. Continue, Ross. Oh, <laughs> uh, so he um. Ben Wolf, you died. He said since that when this match was put together, he knew he'd get a great match out of Chris Ben Wall. Yeah. And that he knew he was determined to go out there and make sure his match was the best match on the card. Well, a lot of people were putting that as like one of the top ten matches of WrestleMania. Well, obviously they can't talk about it now, but yeah. And that, that was the uh, same week as WrestleMania nineteen, it was like WrestleMania's top ten matches, and this was going into like Mania twenty. 
And yeah, number 10 was this match, Angle versus Benoit. It's a great match. It's certainly, you, you look at that card top to bottom, this certainly stands out as the best pure wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you need matches like that because you've got like the street fight and the TLC match and stuff like that. You need stuff to balance it out. Although it did, it did sort of turn into a brawl, sort of halfway through, but there was a lot of really solid mat technical wrestling at the start. It was a good feud. I think at that point it was like I started to feel sympathetic towards Kurt Angle because when he gets when he gets his uh, medal stolen and it's just yeah, Chris Benoit puts him down his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just suddenly forgetting me, like, and realizes where they just were like okay. getting a hell of a feud with Benoit over those gold medals as well. Like, yeah, did it not end up as die two or three falls, and it was like pinfalls only, submissions only, and then it ended with a ladder match. Yeah. Before that, they had the thirty-minute submission match. As oh well. gosh, when's the last? Is that the last ultimate submission match that there's been? It was only the, only been the one. That's it. Basically, an Iron Man match, but just submission. Just submission moves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who who stuffed uh, his gold medals down his? Oh, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah
Stone Cold BFF, <laughs> Jimmy Crackcorn. Jimmy Crackcorn, and I don't care. <laughs> uh, I won an Olympic gold. The cowboy hat. Oh <laughs> God, yeah. the cowboy hat. <laughs> And we this sort of led on to the start of the invasion. He was sort of he was in Stone <laughs> even though Stone Cold doesn't want a tag partner, he's there saying to him, you know, I'm with you, I'm with you. He sort of became like a, an MVP of the of the Alliance uh, invasion storyline. Because yeah, both were injured, so they had to, so all they could do is like, what, what do you do? And just put them backstage segments, and they're just so funny. Uh, the night after the King of the Ring, just quickly saying, it was like, <laughs> Austin's like saying that he had like a tougher night than what <laughs> Kurt Angle did because he had to face two people at the same time. I know, he's like, I fought three <laughs> people across the night. He's like, you're pathetic! <laughs> do you think, do you think if the, um, uh, if the Rock couldn't return for the invasion, that Kurt Angle would have been like the, the head guy for WWF against the Alliance. Definitely. Could Probably, see that yeah, happening, yeah. Because yeah. he's been WWE through and through, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. And he, he had, remember at the start of the career as well, he had a bit of a, a lot of negativity to say about ECW. So having him sort of move over to the Alliance, it just didn't make any sense. I think the fact that he was the, the mole, the. I think that showed how dedicated he was. As much as I love The Rock being back. It was a case, when you look back at it now, the fact that Austin betrays Angle, who's been his second in command, I think that would have been a better storyline because they did have the feud over the WWF title, you know, bringing it to... It's like a great match, that SummerSlam match. Mm -hmm. Great match, SummerSlam, Unforgiven, he gets his second run. Do you know why he won the title? Because it was in Pittsburgh, basically. Oh no, it was 9-11? Yeah, to do 9-11. Yeah. Like, Vince... It is a nice thought by Vince, but I think he overestimates his own product yeah. when he went, America needs a nice moment. See, like, he should have won a title in SummerSlam, it just felt like an afterthought when he won it. And, and the fact that he won it to give America a big up with the moment and was a complete player, Vince went, alright, it's been four weeks, they'll be over it by now. I know, Vince. <laughs> We've got a story to tell. <laughs> like, back to him. But I do like, like I said before, his first one, he maybe wasn't proven. I think this is where he finally proves he was worthy to be a top guy because the night after the invasion we get screwed and he comes out to confront Austin Alliance the pop that he gets is just unbelievable mm-hmm. where it's like he's the you now the new hero of the WAF and he also interrupts Stone Cold Appreciation Night because Milko Mania <laughs> runs wild oh yes I, I, we've talked about this quite a few times the, um, oh I love it so much it's it's JL's commentary going he's on the hard stuff no semi skim for Kurt Angle the million dollar princess is now the Dairy Queen mm-hmm. got milk he says and he's a big serious Oklahoma he's got milk I know it's, it's <laughs> God bless JR, he tries so hard to give it such legitimacy like the beer truck because yeah. it as well it fits his character, the milk drinker, because it sounds like, like an insult in Skyrim. Eat your milk drinker. Your, eat your vitamins, drink your milk, that kind of thing. Yeah. Take the piss of him and lead up to uh Armageddon's the piss of everybody and dip the angle. I'm gonna drink a big glass of milk. Take That's what he always says, he was gonna go home and drink milk. Mm. And you know it sort of it sort of fits with his goofy character a bit as well. You know, Austin does the the, the beer 
truck sort of stunt, and then Angola is his sort of jokey second in command. He does something similar. I think that's. I think nobody else could have pulled that off. No. You get to get some revenge on Sean Stazer by throwing him in a milk truck. He was throwing cartons as well before he got the hose out. Yeah. I mean, I think if you don't get the context of the milk, it would more look like refer back to one of Sarah's questions on the WrestleMania quiz. It looked like the WrestleMania, the Rage and Climax, the hate and all that. So. Kurt Angle spraying everyone with his raging climax. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Shout out to say another. So, so we go from uh, the invasion, he jumps over, He's uns- uh, he jumps back, he's the second in command, he turns heel straight after the invasion storyline because he, him and Vince feel like people should be more grateful for the sacrifice he made. So... He's like he was claiming credit for beating the alliance, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because he says the Rock says to him, it's like if the alliance were the one who was says you, you would have just stayed with the alliance. That's yeah. kind of why it's like I don't trust you. So, just a quick rundown of his his late two thousand one start two thousand two. He's unsuccessful. He's knocked out in the first round of the undisputed championship tournament won by Chris Jericho. He starts a feud with Triple H. Uh, he's eliminated. He finishes second in the Royal Rumble. He then beats Triple H at uh, No Way Out out 2002 to become number one contender for the world title at WrestleMania, only to lose it again on Raw. And this is, for the third year in a row, he's in a thrown-together match. I know it's your favourite wrestler, Scott. It's too soon, even though it was like ages ago. I actually don't... I remember watching the build-up to this WrestleMania. I don't remember this ever being announced. And then when Kurt Angle comes out, I'm like, oh, is this a segment? Is it? And then Kane came out, I'm like, this, um, was this announced? Was this like on heat? Like, what what is happening here? Yeah, we're just really thrown together mm-hmm. last minute. It was like we can't have a WrestleMania where Kane and Kurt Angle at like the peak of their powers. Like, we need to get them on. It's it's a shame. Obviously, I think when people talk about Baron Corbin being a poor choice for a WrestleMania opponent, maybe look back at his early years at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Braun Strowman now. I was gonna say, you compare Kane to Baron Corbin as a Angle. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it makes about as much sense. Corbin made more sense. So he continues the the Vince McMahon second in command sort of storyline. He's the second draft pick. Uh, Vince McMahon tries to comfort him because he picked the Rock first. Going, why didn't you pick me first? He goes, because I knew Rick wouldn't pick you. As if that would, <laughs> as, if, as if that's a, like a comfort. Like we I didn't pick you. you. I'll take you. Uh, I didn't want you because they didn't want you either. But now I want you. Uh, and then we made reference to the intro, hair versus hair with Edge. I think this is a great match, a great feud, but at the same time shows his goofy side as well mm. and his willingness to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Because we seen him, we saw him grow up back in TNA's hair. The entirety of his WWE run, before and after, he's never had a single hair on his head. He's committed to that role. How did it all start again? How did the fallout between him and Edge? I think they had a match of backlash. Kurt won, then uh, Edge started the Usopp chants. Well, funny enough, that all start that kind of started a lot earlier. Uh, when inter- when Kurt Angle interrupted uh, Triple H's return, they started chanting Usopp mm-hmm. with it. So I'm guessing they must have took notice that they uh, were, were going with it. Yeah. Did they think? You know when Edge and Booker T feuded over shampoo? I know he's a lot of hair related feuds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently that was maybe the hair of hair because it was going to tie into the whole shampoo thing, but Booker didn't want to do it because he didn't want to get Edge because they knew Edge was going to go over. 
they thought, okay, who else has that needle you need to head shaved? Cut your hair's basically gone. Yeah, like they've <laughs> receding. Yeah. The, 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 big, the best thing about that feud is when he's showing, showing him all the pictures and all the stuff's written on the back. Well, you yeah. suck, I'm a dork, <laughs> I'm a tool. And I have no <laughs> testicles kind of thing. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, what, Dave? Uh, not me, Kurt. <laughs> That's a soundbite, ladies and gentlemen. Take <laughs> <laughs> that out of context. Please welcome our eunuch, ladies know, and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if Man was a Wayne's World fan. <laughs> uh, I like that Wayne's World reference, actually. That's really good. <laughs> so, Air versus Hair. Then, 2002... He's involved in the tag division a lot. He really does have a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs cut angle for his ups. When he's not involved in the world title scene, he has great matches, but it just sort of feels like he's an afterthought. I think he's the first person to make Hulk Hogan's match. That's he right, was, yeah, yeah. First person to make Hulk Hogan in tap that, out. In yeah. that ridiculous way that I think uh, Hogan should have been wearing rather than <laughs> Yeah, I know. I love how uh, Hogan slagged anyone's hair when he was wearing extensions. <laughs> There's a man in his 50s wearing extensions and he had a skull. So bad. <laughs> but uh, he makes he makes Hulk Hogan submit in a sort of nothing feud. He becomes the first ever uh, WWE, it. <laughs> WWE tag team champions, uh, which are the current term titles we have today. First uh, time he won it as well yeah. for the tag team champions. Along with um, Chris Benoit. I think it was the only time he won it, wasn't it? That's yeah, right. as well. And that's how he became a Grand Slam champion as well. Yeah. yeah. Because he won the TNA one a couple of times, but he never he never won the WWE one again. Uh, and then he becomes a Paul Heyman champion. Not just a guy, a Paul Heyman champion. Defeats the Big Show, and this leads into one of the best WrestleMania main events ever. He's feud with Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. It's so well done, the fact that even even the Big Show, even though he's a third wheel, he plays his part brilliantly. I think everyone in this feud deserves credit. He brought in, well, obviously, Team, team Angle, Charlie Carson, mm-hmm. and Shelton Benjamin, which was a great team as well, but... Yeah, going into that, you couldn't ask for a better sort of main event for both guys because both have very similar careers starting, but obviously they've got the amateur wrestling background, and then it's like their first run in the company. They were like WWE champion before the year was even out. Mm-hmm. So I think you showed a great confidence in both these guys because they were kind of younger compared to some of the other people on the card. But that we chose these two main event that main when you had Hogan, Ray McMahon. Uh, Triple H, Booker T, and the Raw Boston, like the final chapter. So, like any of those matches, could be the main, I think that was probably the start of the whole several different main events, mm. even though it was only true, one true main event. Mm. But these two went on last, it was a real testament to how they believed in both of them. Yeah, and I think we've mentioned it many times here. We're having so many stats men on the show. Mm-hmm. It's the first WrestleMania main event to feature two men with their real names. Yeah, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Although Brock Edward Lesnar, I think, I'd have preferred as a ring name. <laughs> what <laughs> about Kurt Steven Angle? Box. It's just mad that it just Brock Lesnar's parents are like, we're going to name this boy Rock and he'll become <laughs> a future WWE champion. Uh, so, in the lead up to this, he gets his second neck injury, and I think this this sort of starts his downfall because he's such a company man. I think that's sometimes that goes for you with things like Hair v. Hair and King of the Ring and the Milk Truck. That Sometimes it goes seriously against you, and I think. As much as a great main event, I think we would gladly sacrifice it if he maybe took a bit of time off. Yeah. You sounded unsure as if they go, I mean, I quite like this match. Because like, there was a backup plan, apparently, to have Benoit take his place like, and have Lesnar beat him on SmackDown. But, like, there was a, I mean, there was one where he did the switch it, or in, it looked like uh, Lesnar just squashed him. A lot of people thought, oh, they're just getting the tail off him quickly, and then there's a dull serve, like, actually, no, the match is going ahead. So it like, showed they were prepared if he couldn't go, but obviously, Angle being as stubborn for his own good, 
Go through and see. Wanted to go ahead. Well, the issue with Angle though is like it's like it's not just for main events and stuff. It's like every night he's doing that style. He's, mm-hmm. he's just constantly just like going out there just to make sure the fans are like getting what they're seeing. That, yeah. but it's just not good for his body because he's like, what? How old is he at this point? Like thirty three. He's thirty, yeah, because that's about twenty. Yeah, yeah and he just—you can, you just can tell what his body's just yeah, not 30. the same as he was yeah. when he started in '99. Yeah, I think he's actually, yeah, I think he's about thirty-four at this yeah. point. I thought you were asking what age he was now, like he's not thirty-four now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he's thirty just now, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he would have been thirty at the time. It's yeah. almost like Robocop now, just how he has to move. He did mention that in the documentary as well about you know he's saying he was talking about like Mania of Mania. He said. For the sake of you know being in the WrestleMania main event for the first time, and considering how well his his last two WrestleManias went, it was just sort of unannounced matches, but against two very credible opponents. But I think him going in as champion to main event, I think had he passed on it, I think he would probably would have regretted it. But I, I think he knew he was going to go for neck surgery anyway, but he decided to take the chance and do one more match. And the way it turned out as well, you know, he got. He got like an alternative fix from the usual procedure because you know again he's a company man he wants to be back as soon as possible. Mm. He's also the first man to kick out of the F5. Was it? Yeah. This could have easily been a Tommaso Champ's injury because originally Champ was also going to push through his one, but obviously it got too to like no, you need the surgery now. It could have been. It was like been the same thing where Angle like no, you need the surgery now because I think he did the kind of aggravate made him a bit worse. He takes a really bad bump and uh, like, sort of pushes him off when he gets angry and he lands and he grabs the back of his neck. Mm-hmm. So, uh, post WrestleMania, he says in the documentary, he's backstage having almost like a seizure. Mm. Brock Lesnar's concussed, he doesn't know what's going on after that F5. You mean the shooting star? Uh, sorry, the shooting star. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he had the F5. See, I watched that just like you watched it. I always feel bad for Lesnar. People always have a go at him. like, He's three hundred pounds and he can do a shooting star press. What can you do? I know it's like uh, funny because everyone's stuff angle moved out of the way and it was like no, it just was so much force. Yeah, <laughs> I don't actually think, moved him. I don't think angle could move out the way yeah. at that point. He was like dead on, dead on his back. You know, he was given up for that match. Improvised last minute. It's bad he had so much muscles. What saved him because if his neck muscles weren't in so much, he would have died. Yeah, yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah, so he goes away for a wee bit and. We'll discuss when we come back from the break the sort of the wrestling machine persona, uh, some of his classic feuds, SmackDown general manager, and then his untimely release from WWE. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go get a glass of Cravendale with the boys here. <laughs> uh, and he, oh, well, we're going to get some lacto free for Quacker. Uh, but here's Kurt Angle making Stephanie McMahon a Dairy Queen. We'll catch you in five. <laughs> Now boss Stevie James, the hardest part of the ring, Crowbar, we are the pubs, and you are listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Look at you, you make me so proud. Everybody's got an ECW, WW, WCW, Stone Cold shirt on. Everybody's flying. Uh-oh. What are you doing? What? What kind of shirt is that on your chest? What? What kind of shirt is that? What? Is that a Stone Cold shirt? Is that an ECW shirt? Is that a WCW shirt? What? I thought we were here to appreciate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? I do 
I said, I thought we were here to appreciate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Take that stupid shirt off. Take the shirt off. What? I said, take the damn shirt off. You damn right, it's your bad. Take the stupid shirt off. I want it. Whoa! That's Kurt Angle's music, but my God, he, he wouldn't be coming out here in the... My God! What is that? That's, that's Kurt Angle, all right, but... It's a damn milk truck! Kurt Angle's driving a milk truck! Gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name is Ross McLeod. I'm joined by David Hockney, Andy Mitchell, Scott McLeod, and Kwaku Aji. We are discussing Kurt Angle, possibly one of the greatest men to ever lace up a pair of boots. We spoke in the first half from gold medals to WrestleMania 19. Uh, and before we move on to the wrestling machine and TNA force in his career, I want to send a big thank you to Stevie James and Crowbar of the Pods. I recently interviewed them. You can find it now on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. Uh, also, thanks to Jack Morris of the Nine Nine. I know. Uh, we recently interviewed him. That interview will be available Easter Monday. Uh, that's the twenty fourth. So while you're illegally downloading Game of Thrones and stuffing your face with chocolate, give Jack Morris a listen. Uh, so, moving on to the wrestling machine portion of his career, we talked about his neck injury. Uh, he comes back, he feuds with Brock Lesnar. I think this is around about the time of the greatest SmackDown match ever. Mm. The Iron Man match. We've talked about his ultimate smash match. The 60-minute Iron Man match. Uh, he wins the title at Vengeance. He loses it here. 
he's, he becomes like the face of Smackdown at this point mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar's Vince's like corporate champion I, we talked about this a lot in the uh, that, uh, history of Smackdown episode we did last year and we talked about guys who represent Smackdown and during this time you thought Smackdown you thought a guy like Undertaker but you also thought Kurt Angle and that was it because like we saw the day, that day it was Kurt Angle and I forgot the next point. <laughs> <laughs> I had a longer point, but I forgot the next point because I was too busy eating. Well, well, Scott for, thinks of his point. David, would you like to make a point while Scott has a brain fart? No, oh, yeah, this this is where things started to sort of pick up for Kurt Angle. I think his move to SmackDown was probably the best thing for his career. You know, he sort of made a name, you know, becoming uh, one of the first tag team champions uh, amongst, you know, the SmackDown 6 as well. Like, they had outstanding matches uh, on pay-per-view that time. Some were even better than, like, sort of the main title feuds. But I think... No, that the pinnacle of, you know, how good he was, was that Iron Man match. And what I'm surprised is that, why didn't they give this away on free TV? They could have sold, like, so many pay-per-view buys with this kind of match. Don't ask, don't tell, just enjoy it. Ratings. I think they wanted, uh, the ratings were obviously lowering, but it was also to do with the fact that all hands were on deck because they were worried about Raw's ratings. Mm. And Paul Heyman was basically just told, don't annoy us, do whatever you want. So I think Paul Heyman just went... I quite fancy a 60-minute Iron Man match, why not? <laughs> I think I was going to say about the whole like, Lesnar feel like around that time they were the two guys, like, each man's most normal food for that time. And it started off weird because they were kind of thing where they're all the best pals at first for Lesnar to do. Uh, and there's a weird dark segment where they both square off and then Lesnar just grabs Angle and just kisses him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. there was also that bit where they were backstage and then Angle's drinking his big gallon of milk, Brock pats him on the back and then he spits all over like someone backstage. Like they had a really, they had a lot of really goofy segments uh, yeah. to them too. Austin and Angle. But I just don't think it suited Lesnar. You know, Lesnar is this, this like absolute killing machine and yet he's acting like a bit of a joker. No, I, 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 I think it was something different. Like, it's fresh. I think it was weird to see Lesnar that was part of the because Vince basically goes up to him like, who are you? Why are you doing this? And he essentially slaps them. That's what turns Lesnar back to the intensely beast mm-hmm. that we know him as. Uh, it's as if Lesnar's becoming tame and he wants to, like the AJ Styles segment, I'm going to get the real AJ Styles and he slaps him. <laughs> so, WWE title feuds in 2003 and then uh, in 2004 he starts becoming a bit more of a heel again, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and he begins a feud with the late great Eddie Guerrero. So he beats John Cena and Big Show at No Way Out 2004 and this, for the second year running, he gets a, a WWE title match at WrestleMania. He's starting to get good, notable WrestleMania marquee matches that suit someone of the talents like Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this feud was uh, arguably one of my favourites as well, considering that you know he was again sort of drawing on his like, "I'm your role model. I'm superior to you. You should be cheering for me. I'm setting an example for anybody." And he was referring to you know Eddie was a, a drug addict. You know he made a lot of poor choices. And you know that somebody like like someone with his lifestyle shouldn't be representing the company. Whereas him, you know, he's been you know acting like like I said, acting like a role model, and he should be representing the company. Yeah, yeah, because like they're both great wrestlers, but character-wise, you couldn't find two people who are more opposite. Because Angle was like the all-American, he believes doing things the right way, which he as way which he believes is the right way, and he didn't think Eddie was all white. She didn't see thing as a guy who should be representing the company as the champion, and his. Well, Vendetta against Eddie pretty much was his whole story for like, the remainder of 2004 when he was a wrestler and when he was like on his own screen roll when he was injured. He was always out to try and screw over uh, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, 
and and he became Smackdown general manager. Do you remember the segment that led to him becoming general manager? Um, I remember it was after the draft and he comes out to Triple H's music and he says it because Paul Heyman quit. So he got... So do, you, do you mean when he was in the wheelchair? Yes, when he was in the wheelchair, oh, sorry. And uh, Big Show was pissed off and uh, chokeslammed him off the side of the... Uh, I can't remember, but he was, he was on top of the tears. And uh, chokeslammed yeah, him. He chokeslammed <laughs> him off a balcony, yeah. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah, this led to possibly one of the... I laughed so much at this segment because it was meant to be so sincere and as if Kurt Angle's world is falling apart. Because who's Big Show holding it first? Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson, yeah. Hall of Famer Tori Wilson. There's a ho- <laughs> there are two Hall of Famers in this segment and she's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he brings Tori out to like have a go at her because he's in a wheelchair now that he's general manager because Paul Heyman quit and that's a, as Andy said how he got the role and he just yells at her he's tears in his face and he yells because of you I can't have sex with my wife anymore <laughs> and it was just it was ju- it was so out of place because it was like we've got Kurt Angle as this goofy guy like this abstinence guy Kurt Angle doesn't have a wife Kurt Angle doesn't involve in relations you know <laughs> and he just yells I can't have sex anymore and it's just my god what no, is this no, you, 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 so I say where and Judgment Day, he had these assistant Luther Reigns. Is that uh, Robin's older brother? Distant <laughs> <laughs> relative. But he comes out, and Luther Reigns goes to Judgment Day to Kurt Angle's music, and he's pushing this massive like, box, and everybody's like, what the hell is that? And just from out the box, raises Kurt Angle on his wheelchair, and then he calls it Tori Russell, because he's going to put her in a match, and if she loses, she gets fired. Then Tori awkwardly has to skirt round this big box, because it's taken up the majority of the aisle. <laughs> so he eventually loses the SmackDown GM job. Uh, La Luchadora's big brother mm-hmm. I can't remember his name El Rey Luchador El Rey Luchador he cost Eddie Guerrero the WWE title more than once this was actually the very first WWE clip I ever watched what like JBL vs Eddie in the steel cage this was a weekend we had a I'll not go too much but we had a, a family uh, tragedy and I was only young so all the Waynes were getting ferried about to like whoever could watch them and cause we all liked wrestling and this was the week of this match it was like I just stick the wrestling room for the Waynes I would just look sit down the adults need to deal with adult stuff and mm. I've seen this match about 14 times and it was all just that weekend <laughs> <laughs> one house two house three house put the wrestling on please god no <laughs> uh, at least we got the frog splash off the cage mm-hmm. uh, Vince McMahon chases him about the ring with a crutch it's <laughs> <laughs> like Gargano and Champa See, you you said about um, The Rock saying to him, uh, what happened if the Alliance won? What would have stopped you staying there? What happened if he really was, like, crippled or injured, like, and Vince McMahon just throws a crutch at him? Like, that's a lawsuit. This was a just weirdly arranged that there's a scene in American Dad where he stands on jury duty and there's a guy trying to get because he says he has to keep care of a kid, but turns out he's got a fake like balloon that he put in a kid and Sam takes an knife and stabs it to prove it's not real and goes, What if that'd been a real baby? He goes, he just crosses his arm and goes, Sometimes it is. Moving swiftly on, we had Further matches with Eddie Guerrero, he eventually beats him at SummerSlam. Uh, he then gets in a feud with the Big Show, where he shoots him with a tranquilizer dart. Oh, God, <laughs> it's a bloody tranquilizer dart. But that was actually when Big Show made his return. They were in, like, him and Eddie were having a lumberjack match, and Big Show literally just destroyed everyone. Yeah, that's when yeah. Ted Long was uh, GM. Right, quite his favourite GM. Yep. Alan's least favourite GM. Yep. <laughs> if I've got Alan's not here, it's a disagree. And it was like... Teddy Long gave Big Show the choice to face either Eddie or Angle, and he actually, well, he signed Eddie's 
contract for the match, but then he snapped it in half and then just laid it at an angle instead. I thought that's a heck of a twist. Yeah, I love this thing because they tried to misdirect you by saying Big Show returns in two weeks later that same show. And, right. then, and then just does some mass brawl, he comes out and, and Michael Colt, Michael over at him, like, what? He's like, wow, this is breaking news. <laughs> like, mm. Michael was still hard at conveying emotion even back then. because. Uh, still hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Big Show came out, you get excited. That was a big show in my pet. <laughs> <laughs> he was part of the revival, he went hard all day all night. For God's sake. Um, yeah, because the lead up to it was like Big Show returns five weeks, Big Show returns four weeks, and then it got to two weeks, and I was like, oh, let's just have him. No, screw this, let's just jump the gun here. Uh, he shaves Big Show bald, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> when you mess with Kurt Angle's sex life by throwing him off a ledge, <laughs> you get your head shaved. He's even this weird half haircut, mm-hmm. and then Big Show gave this whole thing as if he'd been violated, like, I had to shave the rest of my hair as a reminder of what Kurt Angle did to me, like, he cut your hair. Oh, no. Your hair wasn't that good to begin with, you probably needed a haircut. Yeah, it was like Samson, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, his power was in his hair. Yeah, and he's, he's Big Show's still bald now, like, yeah, he, doesn't, no. he doesn't grow it back, so, like, what was the problem? No, that's the funny thing, he actually did grow it back by the time he went to ECW, and then when he went away for a bit, he was bald again. Yeah, he yeah so, bald. I think he just accepted that it was, in ECW, it was, like, starting to, like, Go further and further and further and further back. Well, it's it's nice that, like no one would notice. At least it yeah. wasn't as far back as like Undertaker's is now. Yeah. As the ECW ratings declined, the big show's hairline receded. Well, he was carrying that brand. <laughs> uh, so he then stuck. After that, he has a classic feud with Santa Claus at Armageddon 2004. <laughs> yes, Kurt Angle with a match with Santa Claus. And then the Royal Rumble begins a feud with Shawn Michaels. Oh, That's a great match. Excellent feud. Great Leads, Leads to a cross-brand match that Kurt Angle wins. His first WrestleMania win since WrestleMania 18. And it's an absolutely show-stealing match. Like People say Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania. I think if Kurt Angle had started a bit earlier and maybe been given the proper respect he deserves at WrestleMania, he could have easily taken that crown from him. Because this is third year in a row, he has had an amazing match. Mm-hmm. Just you saw some of the segments... Uh, that led up to like Kurt Simon used the example of not being afraid to be an idiot or selling his off-face speech he mentioned scenes firstly he brought Sensational Sherry out and sang Sexy Kurt and then he beats up Sensational Sherry he brings Mark Gennetti back beats him up and up yeah it was a it was a weird feud he brings back like Shawn Michaels greatest hits and just like he just beats up everyone Shawn Michaels yeah, loves. He's, he's, he's one step away from bringing out Shawn Michaels' dad and being that one for now. I know, Dana Shane McMahon. Uh, well, he done the ladder match with That's me. I've won my first ever ladder match. So, well, you technically won a ladder match years ago, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, he then goes to Raw. It doesn't really work out on Raw for him. I, a lot of the problems I always say about this time when people get drafted to Raw, on SmackDown, the top guy on Raw, it was always Orton and. Cena on a different pedestal, mm-hmm. and then everyone underneath. Well, he was kind of being used as one of the big first big opponents for Cena. It was his job to help get Cena over, and he tried his best, but he didn't and succeed. And don't, then, don't forget his uh, feud with Eugene. Oh, oh got it over I'll the bloody actually. Yeah, the Invitational over the gold medal. Oh. Yeah, the Kurt Angle Invitational. He loses his medals to Eugene, and then has a cut. Eugene two years in a row had SummerSlam marquee matches one with Triple H and one with, with Kurt Angle, Kurt yeah. Angle. Yeah. the fans boo them and it's like yeah. yeah and then immediately straight after Kurt Angle gets announced as number one contender because Jericho had left by that point because Eugene was number two contender after Jericho <laughs> yeah. and Kurt Angle beat him can we talk about this weird comic out of New Year's resolution in 2006 where he said 
essentially tried to prove he can say anything, people still cheer him, like, like wishing America would lose in Iraq. He said his favourite country was France, he'd like to make Jesus tap out. Well, so he had the various, he's a manager. Yeah. He'll yeah. do everything to, in the pillar to get... And he said, he, said, he said in big quotes, I'm not a fan of the black people, he yeah, says. he said he's not a fan of blacks, he wanted to make Jesus tap out, <laughs> he wanted America to lose the Iraq war, classes always wins, and what was, what was the other one? He thought France was the greatest country and in the world. France was the greatest country in the world. I got the biggest boo as well. He was racist. He disgraced the troops. He was, you know, anti-Jesus. And then, because he said France is the greatest country in the world. Jesus really like crucifixion stylists and, and buddy ECW nearly turned them off wrestling. Like. I know, but... And uh, re- remember, like, a few months prior, you know, he had that feud with Booker T and Charmel. And oh, he wanted wasn't that, that after? No, no it, was, it, was, it was pre before he got yeah, uh, drafted yeah. across. We like to have bestiality sex with Beast, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody who really doesn't know what bestiality is, no. <laughs> or they really don't like the look of Charmel. So he moves to he moves back to SmackDown after sort of a forgettable run on Raw. Becomes world champion. His great matches with Mark Henry and Undertaker, and then he loses the title at WrestleMania to Rey Mysterio again. Bit of an afterthought here. It's yeah, a match for probably nine minutes or something. Yeah, it, it was a marquee match, but I think this was like this really annoyed him. This was w- one of the factors of his release. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember it was a big shock when he came over because, like, we, I think we just seen him on the Raw. Yeah, it was on a SmackDown, so everybody knew he was a Raw guy when he came out. Everybody looked so confused, and also the feud again. He's an afterthought in the world. Actually, the main thing was between Ray and Orton because. Orton was trying to disrespect Mary very well to get under Ray's skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best thing about him winning that world title was his match with uh, Undertaker at Nowhere. Yeah. That was a cracking match. Undertaker shot lightning at the Rumble and made the ring fall <laughs> yeah. apart. Yeah, they had to make that match the main event over the Rumble because Undertaker was going to collapse the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure Dean Ambrose is one of his, dro- his druids. I think I've seen that. That's there. right, yeah, he was. But yeah, that finish at No Way Out, you know, I think that's the only way they could have gone, you know, with a, a bit of a screwy finish, but well, it was somewhat justified. The original idea was to have him do it at Mania, but, but Kurt Angle didn't want to break the streak out of respect for Taker. So, he goes to ECW, I, I feel bad for everybody involved here because they get a pick from Smack, uh, from Raw, he takes RVD, he gets a pick from SmackDown, he takes Kurt Angle, Heyman's delighted he eventually after... After that moment in 96, 10 years ten later, years, yeah. he's gotten Kurt Angle in his promotion. And at this point, we'll not go into detail, but his personal demons had sort of taken over. Vince wanted him to get help for his injuries and take time off. And well, he asked Vince for, uh, so, so he can have a lighter schedule, but he said no. Aye, because they said to him, take time off and take time to heal and then come back. But they weren't willing to commit to like, a full-time lighter schedule for him. I think with a company like WWE, you can see the point because they are on the road that year. Mm-hmm. But they did what we should say to their credit: they did offer them rehab and plenty of time to heal. Like come back when you're ready was the open. You see Vince McMahon crying in the documentary when you have someone. There's only so much you can do to help someone before they just say, "I don't want to be helped." Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he leaves WWE and sort of sour note, and he turns back up in TNA a couple of months later. I'm going to ask you, was this Kurt Angle's prime? I don't know, I never really watched TNA, so... Yes and no, because like, it's weird how quickly he's wrestling TNA right after leaving WWE. We always talk about these whole no-compete clauses and all that, but like, yes, and that he had great matches. He was already a bit worn down by this point because of injuries, and unfortunately the injuries would get worse because he was keep going at that same sale as you talked about, Andy. Like, for him, it was like, it was give everything or don't do it at all. still doing moonsaults from a steel cage. No, I don't know, like, yeah. 
He, he was definitely one of the most influential figures in, in TNA. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd set up a couple of stables. He he actually brought Samoa Joe's unbeaten run mm-hmm. in TNA. He so held it, three titles at once. Yep. And he held every title at once. I was going to say, it wasn't his fault, but he was one of the examples used of her, to really show how much TNA valued outside talent over their own. The fact that a main event went off air with him holding every belt in the company. Yeah, because he had the IWGP Championship yeah. due to their partnership with Japan. Mm-hmm. And then he won, even won the tag titles himself. Aye, and then, <laughs> then he was lose two of the titles in the next period and then retained the world, like again, for multiple times. And really, he actually lost the IWC bit to Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, it's so a match we would have loved to see in WWE, but unfortunately. Yeah, he'd, uh, he also had a feud in, IW, uh, in New Japan, I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. He beat Brock Lesnar for that yep. title. Yeah, yeah, I remember him fighting that as well. We mentioned that in the Brock Lesnar show as well. Yeah, he makes Brock Lesnar debuted his rubbish tattoo. Uh, he's he's big, big cock sword, yeah. <laughs> I am the sword master. Uh, <laughs> he makes Brock Lesnar tap out, by the way. That's not something you're going to see in the WWE highlight reel. And he appeared at Wrestle Kingdom as well, Kurt with the belt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He appears at a Wrestle Kingdom. It's, it, as Scott said, yes and no for the fact that he's, he gets worse as he goes on he deteriorates it's unfortunate to see but at the same time when he first comes in those matches with Samoa Joe AJ Styles the likes of like, he fought Sting that's like a dream match with Jeff Jarrett seeing WWE the blood feud with Jeff Jarrett well, that was his best feud well, yeah. don't forget because he changed his name to TNA but Nigel McGuinness and him when Nigel was Desmond Wolf, they mm-hmm. had a great series of matches yeah I forgot how many times like, I not forgot as in I didn't look it up I mean I lost count how many times he faked retirement in TNA. I know. He's like Mick Foley. It was like, if I don't do this, I'm going to retire. It was like the top ten list. He made his way through everyone in the Bound for Glory series. He got to the last two, and then Jeff Hardy wins the world title. It was like, surely you should retire then? Like, him, I, him and Sting kept doing that a lot, especially in like 2010 onwards. Did, did he announce his retirement in a salmon suit? No, so Mark Henry still has That's always the warning thing. <laughs> no, no, if it's a salmon suit or like when Ric Flair wears red, you know you know he's losing. If it's a salmon suit, you know they're not retiring. Or if someone comes to WrestleMania getting played live, they always lose. Aye. Except for Ray at Mania 22. But a little of, like I said to you, like some of the ridiculous ways Wrestle try to get rid of copyright from stuff that when they leave WWE, Kurt Angle changing X2 to It's Real. Which, which lacked the same impact as. Yeah, it, it came up to like a rapper singing. Like, Aye. It, it doesn't well, suit him. Wasn't bad enough to try to remix his very bass music when he went to ECW, then they made it even worse when he went in. Yeah, yeah. The ECW remix took out the bit where it's meant to be used up. Yeah, yeah, it's to stop people doing it. In the st- it's like when Shinsuke changed his theme. Yeah, to stop people to sing. Along, they yeah. still did it. Yeah. Like, it, it, well, went, well, it doesn't work if you, if you go to in Japan because they'll all understand it. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of times he hinted that he wanted to come back to WWE. I think WWE just kind of wanted to stay clear because he did have a lot of personal troubles here. He had a lot of a lot of uh, outside DUIs and drug-related incidents. I think WWE, with post-Ben scandal, didn't want to bring someone like Kurt Angle broken down back in case not not a severe Ben Moore incident, but you know a serious incident where someone just breaks down in the ring. Uh, well, those incidents like that, I think, that made them more strict with their testing and make athlete wellness and all that. So I think it's because they'd learned what he said from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't want him back. So Andy, I know you have not really seen much yeah. of TNA, uh, but Scott, I'm going to come to you because you watched TNA sort of yeah, sporadically. 
Uh, favourite feuds in this time with TNA because I, I didn't really watch TNA because I watched WWE at the time mm-hmm. and this was also I had a blip where I didn't yeah. watch wrestling at all. I'd say the obvious ones is between AJ and Joey you talk all day about those two but I think um, they're the most obvious ones but I think as I, as I mentioned there the Nigel McGuinness or Desmond Wolf whatever you want to call him feud is one of his more underrated highlights because like I was like post me out and him post him going his main feud with AJ so like, this was kind of a middle period where he wasn't doing anything so I think it gets overlooked by a lot of people. I think in terms of drama though, I think, well the one that really always stuck out with me in his feud in TNA was his one with, between his ex-wife Karen and Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he brings in China for a oh, mixed I... match challenge, for a mixed match at, was it Victory Road I think it was? Yeah. Sacrifice, yeah, or Sacrifice, yeah. Uh, I don't know why, that, that just keeps coming back to me because there was, there was an element of reality about it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you always bring that into a wrestling storyline, it does create a bit of drama, it creates a bit of gossip and everybody's talking about it. And that's the one, you know, as long as people are talking about it, you'd consider it a success, wouldn't you? You always talk about weird, like, weird ways, like, do they do, like, storytelling? Like, it, like obviously had Jeff Jarrett beat Angle in that feud because Jeff, Karen kept getting involved. And then in the last match, Karen was, was taken out. So, like, it's just me and you now, and he beats them. The weird way they take Karen out is they have Kurt chase both her and Jeff up the steps. And Jeff accidentally knocks into Karen. She goes tumbling in a set of stairs. And that's how she's written off TV, like... Actually, you nearly killed your wife, and now I'm going to fight you in a wrestling match. I know. Uh, like, I think Jeff can claim I was, a, I was kind of grieving at that point. <laughs> and then they just have it like five minutes, and they two shout each other before merits come. Like, this is awkward television. Can we cut away from this, please? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was like you know some scheme in Glasgow. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, your dad, your dad's squaring up to your mom's new boyfriend again. Don't <laughs> against this. <laughs> yeah, they, they mentioned the kids quite a lot in that feud. I thought that was a wee bit on, uh, on the verge of tasteless, but the matches themselves were really good, minus one move. Because I don't know if you remember this around about 2011, as a signature move, Randy Orton started using yeah. the angle slam. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. And Kurt Angle took offence to this and said it should be a finisher. So to disrespect Randy Orton, he started using the RKO as a, as a sort of transitional move. Again, as good as he is at wrestling, he could not pull off an RKO. It's honestly, it's the worst thing. Picture the Vince McMahon, the first Vince McMahon stunner, yeah. where he just kind of falls. That's what this RKO looks like. It's that, absolutely horrendous. I've seen him do the RKO, but yeah, it's just a bit, it's just really awkward and weird. Like, yeah. I mean, is it kind of like your Jeff Hardy's Twist of Fate stunner in a way? No, it's not even no. that good. It's, it's just. It's basically it's crap. He just, he just like falls flat. Really. Google it, basically. But I remember Chris Hero when he got originally released his first one in NXT. Take it to get to WWE. He'd do the pedigree on his and have his opponents kick out at one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we go on his return to WWE, he leaves TNA. He's a Hall of Famer. He's won every title they've got. He, some all at once. No, some all at once. He had a, a brief tour of the UK indie scene, he wrestled for Rev Pro, he came to Glasgow's own ICW. Mm-hmm. He main evented Fear and Loathing 9 with current WWE NXT UK star Joe Coffey. That, that's weird to think Kurt Angle was an, an yeah, ICW. Totally right. he, faced, uh, he faced Joe Hendry in Defiant Wrestling as well. He, yeah. faced, he, he, had a, he actually had a really good run, see for as much... It, it got bad press WCPW just because of the YouTube involvement yeah. at the time. But the actual feuds Kurt Angle was in with Cody Rhodes and Joe Hendry and Del Rio mm-hmm. were actually really good feuds and they were really good quality matches. I love Joe Hendry, like he does his custom entries. He did one for his match with Angle to the tune of uh, Born in the USA and the song was not as good as Joe Hendry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, 
It's broken uh, January 2016. Kurt Angle is going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, going to ask you quickly, is there anyone that's ever deserved it more, just from a purely wrestling standpoint? Don't think so, no. no Probably, but I can't name them right off the top of my head. Well, that's a no then, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, a... Uh, we do the Hall of Fame, John Cena inducts him, we get the big WrestleMania pop at 33, the you suck, and we think that's going to be it. And then the next night on Raw, and possibly the most underwhelming way to introduce a new general manager, minus the Terry Long part. I was hoping, I was hoping I was hoping. I think we all just kind of went, because I think everyone was like, Carl Angle, Carl Angle. It's a Raw after Mania crowd though, uh, I think. They, they know. Uh, they know. Uh, I think they knew Carl Angle was going to be GM. And then Terry Long runs it, and it's just like, any other week, any other week <laughs> of the year, but just not tonight, no, Teddy. No, I, I want it, Teddy. I know you want it, Teddy. <laughs> Although I say it any other night of the year. Any other Wait, household hey. except the McLucas household. Was Teddy Long not also in Kurt Angle's Hall of Fame class? As yes, well? he got inducted. Because he went, a Hall of Famer will be your new general manager. And they made it look as if he was a pure egomaniac that needed an intro. Uh, it was Vince that was announced uh, as well. It, it was weird. Oh, just Vince doesn't need to do announcements like that anymore. Because so, he's, oh. I know. Never mind. Raw GM was sort of hit and miss because mm-hmm. he was flubbing these lines a lot. He couldn't say WWE. It was WWE. <laughs> he, did, he did start out well. Like, he had a fun thing when he first name with Enzo and Cass and they did the spell, that spell and then he walked away and goes, that's not how you spell soft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and I seen straight out of Family Guy, my black son, Jason Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Jordan is bomb. <laughs> Jason Jordan, who is... Not young enough to be Kurt Angle's son. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that was holding it back. Oh, I don't. I, I know we mentioned Brooklyn Nine Nine a lot in this show. We mentioned Brooklyn Nine Nine a lot in this show. It's like the scene where Charles Boyle meets his adopted son's older brother, and you see it, and it's just this guy for like the sort of suburban wilderness with like a big beard. He's in his forties, like. Yeah, you're not my son's brother. I'm not adopting you. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a shame that Jason Jordan, it started off kind of goofy. It worked quite well because Jason Jordan was sort of manoeuvring into that yes. arrogant heel who was using his daddy to get ahead. It was a shame he got injured. Would we like to have seen that as a, maybe a WrestleMania match? No, I feel like it was a bit of an afterthought because everyone was hoping it was Chad Gable because that made yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I think Jason George just kind of fell flat afterwards. I mean, why even break up American Alpha? They were actually mm-hmm. doing all right at the time. I remember Jason, uh, Chad Gable's tweets like, Wait, so am I not on a team anymore? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor Chad's been like. And then Daniel Bryan came out and said that Chad Gable was his son. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did like when. Well, that was on Talking Smack, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I did like when SmackDown invaded Raw and then Chad Gable got to see Jason Jordan for the first time since I went straight for him. Oh, it's the. <laughs> ah! Is it here? Hi, Kurt Angle's son! Remember there was one where Jordan was teaming with Seth and they were the Raw Tag Chance of the Rumble and they run into Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable and someone tweeted, like, it's always awkward when you run to your, your ex and their new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you say Chad Gable made more sense. I just pictured Triple H with a Duloc wall chart with a picture of Kurt Angle going, This is why this doesn't make sense. This is why this makes sense. Vince, 
I know you find it funny, but are you seeing why people don't believe this is real? Vince, these cows are small, but the ones out there are far away. <laughs> and the worst thing is, Jason Jordan, like, I think it was like NXT the year before they won the tag titles, like NXT Dallas or something. Yeah. Jason Jordan's actual dad was in like the front row. <laughs> His actual dad's in the front row. And then on SmackDown, the last SmackDown of 2016, when American Alpha won the SmackDown tag titles, Chad Gable's wife and daughter and family are in the audience, and so is Jason Jordan's, and they actually do, it's on the WrestleMania 32 weekend documentary, you see Jason Jordan's real parents, then you see them on SmackDown, then there's a YouTube follow-up video with all their parents, so it's like, it wouldn't have worked either, you see Jason Jordan's dad, you're like, is he spitting image? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what the worst thing about that angle was? Like, well, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> the the build up to it was actually quite intriguing because he's like, oh, I've got this really big secret and stuff, and I think oh, if, it's it, cringy, if, if, man. If, it, if it comes out, it could really affect my career. You think, okay, and then this happens, you think. Is it flat? Is it not? No, I just think like, nobody tries to blackmail him after. It's like, what was the point in sending these texts then? Yeah, it was never reviewed. Yeah, never reviewed. I think it was like implied. Much like Shane McMahon's locked box or something. I think it was implied with the lead up and the sort of survival series thing that it was Triple H and Stephanie blackmailing him because they weren't happy with his back. But uh, just a quick question because we will discuss who we'd like to have seen Kurt Angle retire against. Had Jason Jordan not been injured? Would you like to maybe see Jason Jordan retire, Kurt Angle? Maybe. No. I, I, I don't know. It makes sense. It makes sense, I think. Yeah. So Scott says it makes sense. You'd have maybe, but yeah. it makes sense. I would, no. What were you, Clark? Uh, yes, because the build, it's all about the build up, to be mm. honest with you. And the build, yeah. I, I will say, the build was really good. Mm. The sort of spoiled daddy's boy, and when he was doing the stuff with the shield. He was like the nerd that didn't know he was a nerd. They thought he was cool. It was like when when you invite your dad along to your like night out or something. Yeah, so we're going to touch on that next. Uh, he's returned to the ring. was sort of a last minute thing due to a meningitis outbreak at TLC 2017. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle returns to the ring as part of the shield. It doesn't really fit. Your dad taking you to Laser Quest would be best. <laughs> he is on Team uh, Raw for Survival Series again. Mm. I think this is when we start to see Kurt Angle deteriorate a bit because we we mentioned these good matches on the indie scene. This is when I think we started to see this is maybe why they're not letting you back yeah. in the ring just yet. When I heard that he was the announcement, I was like, surely, surely he's going to come to the ring and something's going to happen. He's mm-hmm. not going to be a part of the match. And then I actually seen him wrestle, and it was just not the old Kurt Angle because, like I said, he moves like Robocop because he's like his neck's all fused yeah. and stuff. And his knees just, are all were all given out. Well. It's kind of like I'm glad he's doing what he wants to do, but oh my, I can't really watch this because I don't want him to get hot. Kind of thing. Angle actually came out recently in a Q and A after his match with Corbin about why he's he went he kind of deteriorated when he came back because like we all thought like before then he was in that tour in the UK fought Joe Call, he fought Saxy Bar Junior and Red Pro like and he looked fine. And then suddenly he's here, and he claims that his body like, wasn't not wrestling regularly. His body started to tense up in the months where he was out, and he started to deteriorate a wee bit. And that apparently claims that he thinks this rusty retirement. Mm. See, I I don't buy that for simple fact. We saw him when he was wrestling every week on Raw and SmackDown. It was almost it was bordering on dangerous at times. Yeah, mm. there was a few DDTs and suplexes that weren't quite safe on the likes of Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. 
you remember that Survivor Series team as well? Like it was very sort of talent heavy that would help sort of carry it in a way because mm-hmm. you had Triple H, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, and Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the closest we would get between Kurt Angle versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the WWE because they were on opposite teams. It was nice to see like Kurt Angle, Rude, Kurt Angle, Nakamura, Kurt Angle, Cena one more time. Triple H, Rude. Yeah, like, and <laughs> all these Kurt Angle style matches, but I think the whole McMahon drama ruined it. Mm. Uh, so we talked about WrestleMania retirement tour Baron Corbin we've talked about it endlessly in the past few weeks in the lead up to Mania and on our Mania shows which you can check out at Suplex Retweet Anchor Spotify and iTunes Uh, who would we like to see him retire against John Cena you think John Cena yeah what about you Andy probably Uh, Triple H Triple H Scott Uh, Gable Gable Mm -hmm. I think Gable would have been a good one had he been the son. Because yeah. the weird thing, like, the whole thing everybody wants him to fight Gable, and on the same night he announces he's fighting Baron Corbin, he, he has a throwaway match on Raw against Jack Gable, and I'm never saying to you, like, this feels like they got the script reversed, like, no, Kurt, you're meant to say Gable at Mania and Corbin tonight. <laughs> it's almost as if the, the, the whole TLC 2018 and then uh, the Christmas Raw. Uh, where they announced the, the new year. Mm-hmm. That sort of felt like the end to the Corbin feud. Mm. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they didn't really need to pick it up again. Quacko, if you had your choice, who would you maybe like to see them retire against? I'd to say maybe Triple H. I'm, I'm going to go with my man here, right. Triple H. The reason I say Cena is because it all stems back to the Ruthless Aggression promo, yeah. where John Cena had his first match against Kurt Angle, and obviously John Cena ducks into the Hall of Fame as well. I, I, I just feel like. It would, have, it would, have, been, it would yeah. have been full circle and it would have been very suitable and then Cena like mm-hmm. gets the win. But I can see why people maybe didn't want to do that because like, oh it's just super Cena, he's uh he has to win. Because people would have complained. Yeah. yeah. I know. But then I think they would have <laughs> I think they would have preferred to see that than Baron Corbin. No, play, no, play this out. is a thing. You say that, but I bet you I, 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 I will yeah. bet you my like, car, I'll bet you everything I've got. If this was to happen exactly like that, see that beats him, everyone would be complaining. Yeah. Do you know what I think actually might have saved it though? Thugonomic Cena. No. No, no nothing would have nothing would have seen in the weird shorts he wore when he first fought Andrew Woodhead. See, I think like obviously we were all complaining oh why maybe Cena would have made sense when Corbin got announced but I do agree with Waku had Corbin not been announced and we just went John Cena will be his final opponent mm-hmm. it would have been all oh, part timers at Wrestlemania all oh, we've seen yeah. this millions of times all yeah. oh, you know what's the point blah 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 people would complain yeah part of me would have actually rather his last match been the mixed tag the year before with Ronda because he didn't look the best there but at least he didn't have to do all the work because he could tag Ronda and Ronda got a good show and so he, his last match also being her first match would have been nice. Yeah, because it would have been like him entering her, her, sorry, uh, her entering one, him. One thing when Queer begins, another ends. Yeah. But, and again, it comes back to the argument, though, I think Sarah said it before. If you're going to retire, you go out on your back. It's an old school feeling. I don't know what happened. It was her, all the her getting thing over Stevie, so it wouldn't have mattered if Anglo had won. Yeah, I think uh, something I'd like to see because I, I think part of the fun of wrestling is the anticipation, the build-up, and the, the guessing what could have happened. I think, see retirement tour, now they kept announcing he'll fight Samojo and Raw, he'll fight AJ and SmackDown, blah, blah. I think, see if he had a bunch of open challenges, like a Ric Flair-style one, where it's like, yeah. if he loses, he mm-hmm. retires. And he gets to WrestleMania, and he puts out an open challenge, and we see the debuting of the main roster, 
of Pete Dunn. I think that would have been amazing. Ooh. It, it was something. It, it's no. I'm not even going to say like. Oh, I thought about that leading up to WrestleMania. I thought about that like I do many things on this show. <laughs> on the bus ride, and I just sat there and went. Pete Dunn would have been good because they had the open challenge thing with Ric Flair a couple of times. I think if we did that with Kurt Angle, the the matches that weren't as good wouldn't have felt as bad because it's like, oh my god, it's Samoa Joe and Angle in WWE, it's Samoa Joe and AJ in WWE. Yeah. You'd have got the nostalgia feeling. Mm. And I think the fact that he put over Pete Dunne on his first night would have been yeah. a good mm. thing. And people probably would have forgotten that time where he was met and just some Pete Dunne's music plays, Angle comes out and announces Pete Dunne, like, you can hear his music playing. I know, I missed his cue. <laughs> and uh, actually, you could even done an even better thing for WrestleMania to be swapped around a couple of matches, like put Drew in with Kurt and have Baron Corbin get beat by Roman. I think it would be a big win for Drew. Mind you, one Claymore, one head, but too hard, and Angle edges his bloody neck again. Because there was like there was that sort of feud between yeah him and Drew. You know, Drew absolutely decimates him and puts him in the ankle. Actually, makes him tap out with the with the ankle lock. Uh, I it, think we would have liked to maybe seen him get revenge on him instead of Corbin. Yeah, because yeah. like we said, the Corbin one felt like it was finished, whereas the. With Drew, Drew one actually had a bit more open. had a bit more guts to it, yeah. So we're going to wrap up in just a wee six, but before we do, I'm just going to go quickly around the panel. Favorite cut angle match and or feud, Scott. Uh, well, it's between the ultimate submission match and the main event. Me and idea I can't choose between the two. They're too good. Okay. Uh, probably favorite match is uh, WrestleMania 21 one with uh, Shawn Michaels. Favorite feud probably. Uh, Brock Lesnar to her right? Yeah, I agree with Andy. The WrestleMania 21 match was probably my favorite and favorite feud. <laughs> Probably shoot with Benoit. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Andy. Andy, so we've got three with Andy and Scott's the real child in the corner. I'm gonna <laughs> go <laughs> like the free eyes. We all say that. <laughs> uh, I think favourite feud, I'm gonna go with Stone Cold during the Alliance. Mm-hmm. And I think favourite match just because I've watched it so many times is the six man hell in a cell. I love I love a multi man carnage match. So on that note, that's our shows, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to follow us on all social media at Suplex Retweet. Uh, you'll be able to find us uh, using that on most listening platforms for Android, iTunes, Spotify and Anchor. Uh, join us next week when Sarah Grieve hosts a panel of myself, Stacey Smith, David Campbell, Gary Kernahan and the EP Kwaku We'll be talking wrestlers and mainstream media. Did you know there was a former world champion that appeared in Home and Away? <laughs> that got- no, it was Neighbours. Oh, it was the Nables. That the Godfather had Nables and then I changed it home and away. That <laughs> the Godfather features a former NWA tag team champion. Sabrina once fought a member of DX. Shredder was once played by a multi-promotional world champion. Find out this and more as we delve into all things mainstream featuring wrestlers. Until then, I'm Ross McLeod. I've been joined by Scott. Thank you. And it. Cheers. David. Thank you. Quacker. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f- you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now! Sports Social Podcast Network.